it in the shoulder, just above his body armor. Martin Hewitt, paratrooper. The pain was intense, burning, but the funny thing is that within seconds the adrenaline kicks in, takes your mind straight back to the job and hands. It's like having a split personality. Half of you is looking at this thing that's just happened to you, and the other half knows you've got things you have to do. So you crack on with it. Fortunately, my lance corporal, Tully was his name, was right beside me. He dragged me back into a ditch so we were below the line of fire, then knelt over me in the mud and pulled dressings from the first aid pouch in my assault vest. He was trying to apply them, but they wouldn't stick. My wounds was in such an awkward position, it was hard to put pressure on it. We were going through dressing after dressing, mine then his, but we still couldn't stop the blood. So he ripped off his shirt and tied it tight round my shoulder, but that didn't work either. In the end, I got my other hands inside the wounds and tried to clamp the artery that way, but it was all too slippery. I couldn't get a grip on it. The artery just retracted into my torso. But I also knew I couldn't spend too much time worrying about myself. The firefight was continuing and I was captain of a platoon I could no longer effectively command. I needed to get another officer forward to take charge as soon as possible. Simultaneously, I had to make sure my men kept the pressure up on the enemy, keeping them pinned down so the rest of the unit could start dealing with me as a casualty. I knew the drill if someone else had been hit. I never thought I'd have to command my own extraction. Even as we tried to stop the bleeding, I was on my radio telling my commanding officer what had happened and what needed to be done. The enemy fire was accurate and effective, high-velocity ammunition from assault rifles backed up by a PKN heavy machine gun. So air support was called in, F-16s and A-10 Thunderbolts, plus a Chinook helicopter to take me out. On the grounds, mortars were launched and fire support was diverted from other areas. We threw everything we had at the main enemy position and then began a fighting withdrawal. Bringing the medical team forward wasn't an option. Even though we'd now destroyed the main target, the fire from surrounding positions was still too heavy. My focus now was pretty much on staying alive. I could feel myself getting weaker and more light-headed as the blood drained from my body. My limbs suddenly felt too heavy to move. I was having difficulty breathing. The bullet had collapsed my lung. Tully dragged me out. We stumbled across the moors. We fell continually, struggling over the 300 metres that separated us from the first area of cover, a mud-brick-walled compound where our supporting forces were based. Then I got too weak even to stand. I'd lost too much blood. Tully picked me up on his shoulders and did a battlefield version of a fireman's lift, but both of us had been on the go since before dawn. It was now early afternoon, and the heat was sweltering in the early forces. We'd been fighting for five days on the trot. Fifty yards from the compound, Tully collapsed with exhaustion. My officer, commanding, and the mortar fire controller now ran forward from the compound. They picked me up and carried me back. Three others grabbed Tully. Awaiting medic rapidly dressed me wounds. He was fantastic. Within sixty seconds, bang-bang, job done. What were you doing out there? He grinned. You amateurs. At that point, I was really fighting for me life. People say... You see a white light and a tunnel. It's not quite like that, but everything does blur into one. It must be the blood loss from the brain. You're trying to focus on something and all around is a haze. One of the blokes kept hitting me in the face to keep me away. In the paras, when things get tough, we call on the regiment. Reg it out, we say. 
so I kept repeating to myself, Reg it out, Reg it out, you'll be okay. The guys were shouting that at me too, Reg it out, mate, Reg it out. You think of your family and friends back home. You think, there's no way I'm going to die in some godforsaken piece of desert in the middle of nowhere. Then the Chinook arrived. A great grey beast hammering down from the blue sky in a whirl of dust. I couldn't believe how the pilot managed to land in this tiny compound. There was so little distance between the tips of his rotor blades and the walls of the building, a few feet max, and the bullets were still coming. The first person off was a very pretty blonde nurse. We'd been on tour for so long that none of us had seen any woman for four or five months, and here was this vision. The lads who were supposed to be carrying me onto the chopper were so gobsmacked they dropped the stretcher on the ground. One of me trips fell out, cheers fellas, I thought. Once I was on board, I realised I'd done what I needed to do.